What's up, everybody? Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our midweek service. What's up, Legacy Campers? Holy moly. If, if you're wondering, there is over 300-something teenagers and young adult leaders and group leaders here for Legacy Camp, and it is amazing, and it's only day two. <laughs> but at this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings, so ushers, if you could please prepare for that. And I just want to say to our church, our congregation, thank you so much for investing in the next generation because of you the legacy that Jesus has for each and every one of us will never, ever end. You know, sometimes when we give to the Lord, we wonder what happens with it. Can I show you? Right here. That's what happens. See, when we give to God, he does something great with it. Why? Because he is a great God. And what he's doing this week is not just for this week, it's for all of eternity. And he wants that for each and every person. So as we give tonight our tithes and offerings, know that as we give it unto the Lord, he's going to do something great that seals a legacy for him. Amen? Would you bow your heads as we pray for our tithes and offerings tonight? Lord, we come before you, Lord, and Lord, we just thank you so much for all the great things that you're doing, not just, not just here at Legacy, Lord, but all over the world. And Lord, as we give you our offerings, Lord, as we give it unto you, we know that you're going to do great things because you are a great God that loves each and every one of us with a great love. And so, Lord, take our ties, Lord. We trust in you. We know you're going to do your will. And we just want to be a part of it. And, Lord, I pray that you bless the heart of those who give and let them know that what they do right now has eternal rewards that leaves a legacy all for the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we look forward to what you're going to do, not just in this generation, but in every single generation that was and is and is to come. We love you, Lord, we thank you, and we pray for all these things in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor Ben, thank you so much. Thank you for praying. Thank you. Go ahead, ushers, you can do that, and thank you once again for being with us tonight with our Legacy Campers uh, being here as a church, uh, I, I think it's such a privilege that we get to do things like this. I know we have, you know, some things set up on stage and things might be blocking our view. So I'll, I'll walk around a little bit. Tonight we are, we are in the middle of our series our, with our church called Transformed by Jesus. And we've been bringing our Foursquare uh, convention home to us. And what that does is it allows us to see the bigger picture of what God is doing throughout our Foursquare denomination. And so who's from, where's Metro? Christian church. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, and over here, okay. So, your pastor, Brandon Ahu, spoke at this past convention and did an unbelievable job bringing the word of God. He did, a, in fact, in fact, we wanted to bring it home to you also if you didn't get to see it. Uh, we're going to watch it. And he did a phenomenal job because they said, can you preach a sermon in seven minutes? 
and boy, did he bring it. He was so filled with the Spirit of God, and he's going to be sharing with us via video uh, from our Foursquare convention. And watch what, I mean, he's just a little bit over seven minutes, but that's okay. It's fine. We're going to take a look at that, and then we'll jump right in. So, Beautiful. We cannot forget who we are, and part of being here at Legacy is that we are going to live like Jesus, but we're going to be people who live a life that is legendary. Can you say legendary? legendary. You got to say it better than that. Say it like, like you got like to think about it. You got to go like, legendary. Okay, try it again. Ready, go. Right. Yeah, some of you did it well. Some of you not feeling it. Just try one more time. Ready, go. Legendary. That's good. Some of you are tired, so it actually sounds good. If you live a life for Jesus Christ, it's going to turn out that way. And when Jesus Christ comes into your life, everything changes. I'm just going to move this real quick, okay? Is that all right? Sorry, Cole. This is, if it comes out and it's a little different. Can I just put this right here? It's not like you're going to say, no, no. Okay. So long as it's good. How many of you are scared of the dark? Wow. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Turn on the light over here. One light went off. Uh, some of us are afraid of the dark, and we don't, we don't like being in the dark. Uh, but tonight, we're going to talk about our lives being like Jesus Christ, and Jesus said he's the light of the world. So if, if Jesus said to be the light of the world and, and to be more like him, then even though we may live in darkness, we can shine as lights into this world. That's what the Bible tells us. But being afraid of the dark is, is common. Uh, people are scared of the dark. But I want us to think of the dark as a place, not just physically, but a place spiritually. In fact, when we were growing up, there was this one place, it was a cave, and it, it was a, a man-made cave, and I don't know what it was for. It might have been a bomb shelter. I think it was somewhere in Waimanalo, like Bellows Air Force Base, something like that. So we discovered this cave, but nobody wanted to go in because we could see in, but we couldn't see around the corner. So we didn't, you know, we were like nine years old, ten years old, so we don't know what, what's in there. And you know when you watch spooky movies, you think that was, the movie was in that, so you don't go in there. So one day, I, I thought of this brilliant idea of bringing in light. Now, we couldn't afford flashlights because you had to buy batteries, and so we couldn't afford batteries. So the next best thing were torches. So we got some rags together and had some flammable, you know, fluid around. So we brought some flammable fluids and some rags. And we're, you know when you get, you, you're like hyped up and you feel tough. And you're going to enter the cave. And you know how you talk amongst the guys. And like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go in there. Oh, yeah, we're just going to walk inside and get bats. Bro, we just take out the bats. Yeah, get bats. And if Dracula comes, we take out Dracula too. So we're thinking in this way, werewolves and, you know, whatever else comes our way, uh, uh, zombies, whatever, whatever comes our way, we, we're ready to go. Brought some knives. And we had some, um, I, what else? Like machete blades. Yeah, I grew up in Waminalo. My family is Filipino. Case closed. So... I, we brought the sticks, and we had all of these rags, and so we got there, and we're wrapping up all the rags, and then we put the fluid on it, and then we light it up, and we had these torches. It was the coolest thing, and, and so as we're walking closer, um, we start to chicken out. We look at each other like, yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. Yeah, 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 go, 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 go. Now, it's daytime, might I remind you. It's daytime. <laughs> so we, we didn't want to go in, and so we walked in. 
And you know when it's so quiet and you're walking in, your imagination starts going. So we're walking in, and we're like, don't touch me, touch me. And you don't want to be in the, you don't want to be in the front, and you don't want to be in the back. You want to be in the middle because the front you get killed first. The back they grab you by the legs. So you're in the middle, and you're you're all moving, moving slow, and you're you're trying to peek around the corner. It's like, and look, and it was blocked off. There was nothing. That's as far as the cave went. That was it. We're so bummed. We're like, what? what? There's nothing over there. So we, we now know that there's nothing there. Now we're not afraid. And as we grew up, we didn't even want to go back there because there's nothing wrong with the place. We, we weren't afraid of it anymore. Like for some reason, we like being fearful. We, we like that feeling as we're growing up. We, we like the challenge of facing our fears. In the spiritual realm, we all have fears. Fears of something happening to our children, fears of something happening to our family, fears of the unknown, fears of finances, fears of health. We have these fears, but for some reason as we grow up, we don't, we don't want to face the fears. We, we kind of back down. But Jesus said, you, you are to be, and, and Brandon hit it, Pastor Brandon said, you, you are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. You add flavor to this earth. People are going to look at us as believers and they're going, to, they're going to make, for some of them, make their decision on if they're going to follow God by how we live and how we don't live for God. Many of them are going to make that decision. But for us, we get to make the decision to do something legendary, to do something legendary. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So when we walk out our faith, then people see that. And they see that there is a God living inside of us. You see, we're not, we're not, we don't do well in the dark. Any of you night dive? You, you went night diving before or maybe you uh, did sand crab at night. You went looking for sand crabs, maybe Lanikai Beach or, or wherever the beach. Yeah, you look for sand crabs. So you're in the dark, you have to have a flashlight. I went night diving for the first time a while ago. And I figure it's diving, you know, diving. You can just go and there's coral and there's fish and you go out there. The thing about night diving is you have to have a light. Now, when you have a light and you have coral, you also have shadows. So this is the first time I'm going night diving. I put on my goggles and I have my, 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 you know, my fins on and I'm going out there. I have my, my spear. So I'm just swimming and I'm just, and I'm breathing and, and I'm holding the light. And, and then as I'm moving, everything else is moving because the shadows are moving. So I'm just moving and I kind of get freaked out. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So the faster I move, the faster the shadows move, the faster it looks like something's coming at me. So I'm just going in, and you only can see so much because my light was cheap. And I'm looking around, and it's my friend. I'm like, so I'm going in. And I'm, I'm just going, and we're looking for lobster, but when you see lobster, the eyes glow, which is kind of weird because I didn't know that. So I see lobster, my friend's like, I'm like, what like, what are you talking about? What is that? So he told me that's a lobster. I said, okay, okay. So we're, we're going down, and again, it's in a cave. So I said, go. And you can't spear lobster. You're not supposed to spear lobster. So we're going in there, and so we grab a couple of lobsters. And I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling like, yes, I kind of got this down. And so we're going against the wall, but the tide starts coming up. 
So it starts moving, and I'm not thinking about the tide coming up. I'm just thinking about let's get some more. So I, I keep going, and tide is moving. Now, when the tide, of, tide is moving, you don't know that you're caught up in the riptide because you're just moving. I'm just, I'm just so focused on what I'm doing. And then it, the, the water just changes temperature, not because of that. <laughs> Maybe it was that, and my friend never tell me. But then I, I think we we're in a different place, and then I start to panic. I start to panic, and then my light starts to dim. It starts doing that. I'm like, I'm like, and so I start panicking, and I'm moving it, and things start moving. I'm like, I turn, and there's an octopus coming at me. I'm like, and the more I'm moving, the more it's like, I'm like, I look, it was seaweed. You know, so the, so the more I'm moving, the more it's, we don't do well in the dark. I'm telling you, I was, I was panicking out of my mind. <laughs> we were playing hide and go seek one time, just one time, in the dark. And we came together and there's a friend of mine and another friend of mine and we didn't know who was out. And so we look at each other, we're like, Yo, are you out, are you out, are you out? So we're like, no, 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 nobody's out. So I figure oh, I'm going to play a trick, act like I'm out and tag the guy, just to, you know, make pretend. And as I'm going to tag him, I didn't know that my other friend was actually out. He and I... We didn't see because it's dark. We went for the same guy at the same time, and we conked heads. Bang. Have you ever hit heads again with someone, and it's just a flash of light? We hit heads so hard, I just saw like a, a like the, it was like a flash of light, and then I, and then I heard like, and I, it was just this loud pitch. I had no idea what happened, and I'm like, oh, and I'm staggering. My other friend is like, what happened? I'm like, I think we hit heads. The other guy's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Who's up? Who's up? Who's up? Who's up? So he's panicking. He runs away. We have to get ice packs. We don't do well in the dark. That's what I'm trying to say. We, we don't do well in the dark. How many of you play basketball? Raise your hands. Who's good at basketball? You dare leave it? Come on, Ezra. Give me the ball. Uh, watch these instruments, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going to go in. Just, this, this is nothing fancy. I'm just going to show something. Okay, I'm just, I'm just going to pass you the ball, Ezra. Okay, just a simple... Simple. Pass me the ball back. Okay, very simple, right? Can you steal it from me? <laughs> oh. Yeah, we practiced that. Okay, you can come back. Okay. Okay, he guarantee can steal it from me. Can you get me that blindfold right there? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Let me put this on. Yeah. Okay, just tell everybody hi. You want to tell them hi, turn around, tell them hi, just turn around, just say hi. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, ready? Catch, okay? Ready? Catch, go. Oh, no, try again. Go. Oh, try again. You ready? <laughs> you ready? I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it, Ezra. You gotta catch it, okay? Are you ready? Okay, you can take it off. You can take it off. I, I, I'm, I'm done with that. Thank you. Can we give Ezra a hand? Thank you so much, Ezra. Thank you for being a good sport. How many of you guys like soccer? Soccer? Who am I picking on now? Who am I picking on? Soccer. Give me the other blindfold. 
Okay, you ready? I'm gonna volley it to you, okay? You ready? You're just gonna volley it back. You ready? Yeah. Ready? Okay, go. You good? Oh, oh, coming down. Coming down. Here we go. Coming down. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, you got it. You almost got it. Okay, you can take it. Good job. Well done. Well done. Well done. Give me football. Who plays football? Who plays football? Anybody? Brother, we're not playing tackle. Just stay right there. Right there, just stay right there. Whoa, you're left-handed. You get catch, can you catch this? You hit the piano, Glenn's going to get mad. <laughs> He's already mad. <laughs> no. Okay, go throw it back. Just throw it. Okay. Hey, that's, that's a good catch. Okay, throw this on. Okay, you ready? Okay, are you going to be hurt if I bean you? Did you sign the waiver? <laughs> you must have signed the waiver. You're here. Okay, here you go. Ready? Catch. Oh, almost, almost. You ready? I'm going to throw it this time for real. Don't fall on the steps. You ready? I'm going to throw it. One, two, three, go. Oh! <laughs> Caught it. Give me that. Good job. You can give him a hand. Do you want to stay up here? <laughs> He's like, hey, I win. Can I stay up here? Oh, I did soccer, yeah? No, we're good with the volley. We're good. We're good. I think we get the point. Oh, you're still up here. <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Wow, you did good. Here's the difference. When you don't, when you don't have sight, it's a little bit more fearful, right? You, you're kind of cringing. You don't know what's going to happen. But when you can see, it's like you have confidence. What happens when we walk with God is we tend to walk with eyes. We want to see. We want to walk by sight. So when we, when we give our lives to Jesus, we want to see him at work first before we go all in. We want to see him bless us before we say, I'm going to give to you. We want to see him move, move in our lives before we say, I'm going to give you more of mine. There's, it's almost like a give and take with God. But he says, no, no, no. The, the, the just shall live by faith. And we walk by faith, not by sight. See, there is a difference between the darkness and the light. Darkness, you cannot see. The light, you can see. But we live in such a world that says you need to see first in order for you to go all in. But you and I, we just don't, we don't do well in the dark. But for some of us, we actually like the dark. Like, we, we like we like the dark in, in, in such a way that it's comfortable. In the dark, you don't know what other people look like, like when you go to the school dance. <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, look at that guy, look at that guy. Oh, how's that girl, how's that girl? And then lights go on, it's like, ooh, ah. Like, ah. <laughs> all the girls' hair is all like, ah. All sweating and, you know, eyelash on the side. <laughs> it's like, ooh. So we, we, we tend to, it's different. In fact, I met Heidi at a school dance. Did I ever tell you the story? So, so 
my, my school was invited to her school. I was seventh grade. She was eighth grade. Went to the dance. I got in there. I'll give you her side too because when I walked in, she said she was checking me out and I never even see her yet. <laughs> so I, I walked in. She's already, oh my goodness, look at that guy. Something like that. And then, so we met, uh, and we met because my friend was slam dancing. That means you just run around and hit people. <laughs> and, 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 and he accidentally hits Heidi. He accidentally hits Heidi. Now, if you know Heidi, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and that's with Jesus. So B.C., before Christ, I, I, when, when he bumped into her, she got upset, and she said, the next person who bumps into me, I'm going to punch them in the face. That was her word. I'm going to punch them in the face. So next time we come around, he slam dancing again. I'm like, I'm not into slam dancing, so I'm just following him. I'm like, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, he's just hitting everybody. I'm like, sorry. And then he accidentally hits her. I didn't see him hit her, but I feel this hand grab my shirt and pull me, and I see this. Actually, she was taller. She pulls me. She looks at me. She goes, what do you think you're doing? And then she notices it's me. Yeah. Let me just slow down the movie a bit. She looks at me and she says in her head, oh my goodness, this is the cute boy I was checking out on the way in. And then she pushes me away and I'm looking at her like, what kind? <laughs> These Kailua girls. Pushes me away. Sorry, that was back then. And then, and then I, I was with my friend again. He's like, hey, what happened? I was like, about his chick wonderful fight with me. <laughs> she actually said a bad word when she grabbed me by the shirt, so I'm just throwing that in. She's redeemed by the love of Jesus. <laughs> so, so then after a while, I see her coming in my direction. I'm like, oh. So she comes closer, closer, and she's looking at me now. Like, so I'm thinking, if we go and bounce. <laughs> I'm ready for run. I'm ready for run. I'm ready for run. So she comes up to me and she says, she says, she says, I'm, I'm so sorry. I thought you were someone else. Don't feel pity for her. And then she says, You like dance? I was like, let's go. So I was like, gotta pick a number, girl. No, I said, I said, I said, absolutely. So, so we we're dancing, and then, and then the whole dance was finished, and then the moment came. The lights went on. And so the lights go on, and I'm looking for, I'm like, where is she? Where is she? And I remember what shirt she was wearing. And I see her, but she's facing the other way. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And she turns around like, what? <laughs> Even more beautiful in the light. I was like, <laughs> she's like, yeah. And I thought she liked my friend. So we're leaving, and she says, bye to my friend and I as we're leaving, and my friend says, bye, I'm like, ah. <laughs> so I start walking away, and she goes, no, 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 bye, Sheldon. I'm like, what? 
She said my name. I was like, I'm like, I'm like floating on the way home. Like, there's a difference between darkness and light. In fact, I, the other night she was sleeping. It was dark. I just did a quick, you know, light check. So she was dark. I was like, she is beautiful. Turn on the light. Still smoking hot. Still smoking hot. I tell her that. that's not creepy at all. That's not creepy. I tell her I stare at you at night. <laughs> what time now? Go home already. You know, when it comes to being in the dark and, and having light and darkness, it's not always always fun. Even walking with God, I, I know there's times where we would want to have fun and everything is good, but sometimes we just we, we don't understand what God is trying to say. You know, we, we, we say some things to God. We learn some things from God. We try to do some things, and then we end up not catching the full wisdom of God. And then we make mistakes here and there. Sometimes there's, there's a, a, a lack of maybe experience for us or, or maturity. And so when God speaks something to us, we have a difficult time obeying. Sometimes when we hear about light and darkness, we, we just... We, we don't know what darkness looks like until we're in that. And then we have a hard time getting out. But God says, no, I'm, I'm going to help you to get out. I, I know the way out. There were 12 soccer students, uh, soccer players in Thailand, if you were following the story. 12 soccer uh, players, boys, and one coach, and they got trapped in the cave. Remember this? And this was maybe a couple weeks ago. And they had to do a rescue effort, a, a, res yeah, a rescue effort. Uh, for all of them who were stuck in the cave. And what happened was because they went deep into the caves and the floodwaters came, the floodwaters flooded the area so they couldn't get back. For nine days, they were stranded without food and water. Well, they had with what they brought, but then they started to run out. But then one diver found them. And it was an unbelievable day because they were lost and then they were found. And everyone was rejoicing except except the person who found them. Not that he wasn't happy, but because they weren't saved yet. And so they had to do a joint worldwide, worldwide international mission to get these guys out. And they had to figure out a way to get them out. So they had to use all kinds of technology to figure a way out of this. I'm going to show you a couple of slides, and this first slide is a picture of what that, where Thailand is, first of all. And in that region, there is a lot of uh, rainwater that floods. So this is the cave where they were. They parked their bikes, and they went in, and that's the floodwaters, and you can see where the boys are trapped, cave entrance. And they walked in, I, and I forget how many miles they were in. Maybe two miles, Connie? Okay, two miles. So they were deep in there. And then the next one, this is... This is what it looked like. I don't know if you can see, but it, it, it goes down and up and down and up. So, yeah, yeah, around 2.5 miles. So now they have to figure out the rescue, the mission. This next slide is what they had to do with each individual player. Two divers would have to go in, and they would have to put oxygen tanks along the way so that they could refill uh, refill their oxygen or just get the next tank. 
And so they had to, they had to train the boys how to use the gear because it was a full face gear, a full face mask. And they had to teach them that to find their way out. Doug Monroe, who is, he was one of the cave rescue service people, he was doing an interview and he said, this rescue mission is very, very risky. It is not possible until everyone is out of the cave. It is not successful until everyone is out of the cave safely. Navy SEALs, medics, engineers, over 100 of them are just the support divers. He said, once everyone is okay, there is a demobilization process, which means to clean up, because they basically had a, a city, a tent city, with all of the volunteers, the command center, and thousand, about 1,000 rescue workers. And he said this, it is a very focused experience. When you're in the cave, all other things fall away, and you're focused on the task at hand. Their entire focus for the diver is getting them out of the cave. Yes, they are relieved when each person they rescue with each person they rescue, but in the cave, you tend to stay very focused on what's right in front of you, and here's why. Because they're swimming through water that they cannot see through because it's muddy. They're in complete pitch black darkness, and they have to find their way through. And they eventually did. This is their kind of the, the map out of what was happening. They have a start point. They have a choke point and an exit point. The start point is where they find them and they, now they have to go through. The choke point is where we have a small area that is only 15 inches wide. You stack three Mars bars with each other, that's how much room they had. That's the choke point. The choke point is where it, once they get through, and they can't get through with all of their gear, once they get through that, now they can head toward the exit point. But these three points, the start point, the choke point, and the exit point, they all have a significance. Now, being at the exit point, that is their final goal to get out of the cave, but really it's to save the life of those who are trapped in there. You and I will always have a start point, a choke point, and an exit point in life. We will all have that. For some of you, this week is your start point. For some of you, maybe your start point was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Maybe your start point was when you made the decision to dedicate your life to Jesus or rededicate your life. Or to make a decision to say, I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I do things. Whatever it would be, you have a start point. So I want to give you those three things tonight. Think about that. What, what is your start point? What, is it, what does that look like? Maybe for the teenagers, your start point is befriending someone who has no friends. Maybe it's encouraging someone. Maybe it's looking for those who are down and out. Maybe it's, maybe it's standing up for those who are being bullied. Whatever it is. Maybe, maybe there's a start point for you that you're going to do something legendary. And if you're not a teenager, maybe your start point is how you're going to love your spouse. How, how are you going to... How are you going to support one another in your family? How are you going to maybe pray for someone? How are you going to reach out to someone, your coworker, a family member? What, what does that look like? Maybe for all of us, we have that, that challenge of a start point. Maybe, maybe for you, maybe someone passed away and, and you're dealing with the grief and you don't know how to, 
to swim through the darkness. And maybe others around you are grieving and you're weeping and you're weeping with those who weep. And everyone is processing different. Maybe you, you take longer to process things. Maybe you process things quicker. But if you have friends that are processing things through and maybe, maybe they're grieving also, be patient with them because everyone grieves in their own time frame. And whatever that looks like, be careful that you don't listen to the enemy's words, that, that maybe he's speaking death into you and he's bringing judgment. And then when he brings judgment, you don't feel adequate, you don't feel confident. And so when you have times of maybe in your family that someone is going through something, you don't know how to deal with it. Maybe for the teenagers at camp, they want you to share during small group time and you're not confident because you feel like you're going to be judged or someone is going to laugh at you or say something. And you're facing your fear, you're in darkness, or maybe it feels murky and you don't know what it's going to look like. But maybe your start point is to say, this is what I'm feeling. And then they'll applaud you. Why? Because they want to encourage you. That's why we're here. The second area is that choke point, which is the most difficult part of that dive. Maybe you're at a place where it's, it's, it's tough to learn. It's tough to go through what we go through. Maybe it's tough to discipline ourselves to forgive or to love or to finish strong or to stand up for your faith. Or to continue in the word of God. Maybe that's where we are. Maybe it's too difficult to persevere or to push through to see what's on the other side towards the exit. But if you, if you do something legendary, maybe it looks like standing, standing your grounds in your belief in Jesus. This is where we need to be very focused because this is the choke point. This is the make or break area for every single person. Every single one of us will have the make or break area. Jesus experienced his choke point in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, can this cup be taken away from me? But not my will, your will be done. Jesus quickly overcame that choke point because he could see the exit point. Yes, he would be buried in the tomb. Yes, he would go to the cross and be buried in the tomb. But, but he would be raised back to life. He saw the exit point, which is our last point, number three, which is the way out. Because after a lot of difficulties that we go through, we're going to see the exit point. It's the way out. You, you may be in darkness, but you're going to see the light because, because who Jesus calls us to be. I want to read 1 Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. In the book of Colossians, Paul the apostle is speaking to the church in Colossae. In Colossa, Colossae. And he says, for he, in speaking of Jesus, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. He brought us out of darkness, the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. It would have almost made sense that he would say, he brought us out of the darkness and into the light. Wouldn't that make sense? It would make sense. But he says, no, he brought us out of the dominion of darkness into, into the kingdom of the son he loves. In other words... God didn't want us to be mistaken by who light is. Because if the Bible says to bring us out of darkness into the light, it would make sense. But sometimes we like the light, but we don't like the source of the light. We like the results of the sun. We like the results of it. We like the results of the son of God. We like the results. We like the, the, we like the blessings. We like the results of the light. So we like the light, but we forget about the sun. We forget about the Son of God and 
So Paul clearly makes it understandable for us that he brought us out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the son he loves. In other words, it's not about the feelings that we have. It's about the relationship that is built in Jesus Christ. It's not the result of being with Jesus. It's being with Jesus, period. Because here's what it is. You and I can only operate in life so much on the results of the spirit of the living God called emotions. Sometimes we, we are touched by God and our emotions are caught. And so we hang on to that emotion, that feeling. So we always want to be in that feeling. But then we forget about the, the Savior. It's okay to have the feeling. He gave us those feelings. But it's, it's not, the feeling is not an end in itself. It's the reminder of where that came from. So even during camp, after, that's why, that's why for many, you know, after Camp Legacy last year, Camp Legacy 2017, woo do devotions every day. I'm going to read every day, I'm going to pray every day. Maybe some of you have. But if you're running only on emotion, you know what will happen after a couple of weeks? All of that wears off. Because it was purely emotion. But if you're, if you're taken out of the, the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the son he loves, oh, we'll feel good. I, don't get me wrong. It's, it's great that God gave us emotions. He gave us feelings. He gave us that. But now when we worship him, it's not for anybody else but for my, myself and my God. It's actually only for God. That's what worship is. It's lifting him up on the highest place. So my focus, it's, remember in the cave, they have to be very focused. During worship, I got to be very focused. I got to focus on what the Lord is doing, who he is, and what he's doing in my life. And then you see what he does. It's incredible. Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. That's what God did gave us his one and only son. He rescued us from our sins, rescued us from our past. He finds a way out, gets us to the exit point. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You want to endure throughout life. You want to endure you want to be able to see who God is making you to be. There's a, I think you, we, we saw this uh, clip from a movie last night. It was called The Sandlot. And in this movie, there's a guy named Benny the Jet Rodriguez. And he is that one person in this movie who is trying to do something for another. And he's trying to help this kid build friends. Now, this kid is trying to explore and get out there and meet new friends, but he's not very good at baseball. He's not good at all. But then you have this one guy, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. He does something legendary. He befriends this boy so that this kid can be included. We're going to watch this clip. It's about three minutes, and then we'll conclude. Let's take a look at this. Makes nine. Yeah, yeah, so with my sister, but I didn't bring her. With nine guys, we got a whole team, yeah, yeah. No. It's Ellswinger we had all day. Ellswinger could catch. And swallow. Come on, Benny, man. He, he ain't game. You saw the way through. 
Yeah. You already fill up all the empty positions since Ellswinger moved to Arizona. Right, and now I get to rotate eight positions instead of seven. I need to practice, guys. You're the best on the team. You don't need any practice. No, you don't. You're the best, man. Come on, Benny, man. The kid is a L7 weenie. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Meyer, even. Foot long. Dodger dog. A weenie. Laughing at yeah, You were like a duck. KK, but I'm. I'm part of the game, right? Yes. Now, how come he don't get to be? Because he's a geek, man. He can't geek. catch. Man, face up, you blockhead. Smalls, you take left center, okay? Okay. Where exactly is that? It's over there, man. That's left, I said left center. Told you, Benny. We told you. Come on, Benny. Why'd you do that? A square, Benny. The kid's a square. Come on, throw it in. What the hell is he doing? Don't believe this. Here. Sorry. Sorry. Throw it, you know. No. I can't. I don't know how. Thanks for taking me here. You know, for some of us, we relate to either, I know you want to watch the whole movie, you either relate to Benny, who is the one who's trying to encourage uh, Smalls. And he's trying to say, you, you can do this, I'm going to show you how, but you got to be willing to go through this season right here, the learning season. And for many of us, we're in that season right now. We're, in, we're always in the learning season, but God is teaching us something. He wants us to do something legendary, something so great that the world has no other option than to say, 
you do serve a wonderful God. We all have a start point, choke point, exit point. Find out what that looks like in your life. You might be in darkness right now, but God knows the way out to take you out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the son he loves. When I went through the darkest time of my life, it was a short time period. I was about 16 years old. Justin had already been born. And I felt like my life was over because I had thoughts of this is who I'm going to become. This is what I want to do. And I felt like I'm a teenage dad. Where can I go from this point on? Heidi moved to the big island, so they were both gone. My dad died, so all of this happened around the same time. And you know how, you know how when there's so much cloud in your mind and so many things that you just don't know what else to do and you just feel like ending it all. And so I went up to the Pali Lookout on Oahu. And I went up to the top and I remember just looking over the top. And it was nighttime, it was foggy, the wind was blowing, and it was cold. And I looked over and, and I thought, no, one's, no one cares. And I thought, if I, if, I just, if I just end my life, everything will be that much better. And I remember looking over and, and just something inside of me said this. Simple words. Three simple words. That's not you. And it was just that simple. And I, I moved away. And life was still hard. It was very difficult. But then I met Jesus. Life was still hard. But now I, I, I knew the way out. And then when I met Jesus and I got to spend time with him, and I, I got to hear his voice and, and learn his voice from his word. If I rewind the tape back to that night, it was his voice, the same voice. I recognize it now. You may not be in a close relationship with Jesus. You may not know him at all. But he knows you very well. And whenever you encounter difficulties in life or you may feel like you want to end it all, that's not you. When I listen to the voice of God today and I remind myself of back then and what he did for me and speaking to me, when I worship him from time to time, he'll remind me and he'll say, like a moment like this, he'll say, this is you. Don't forget who God is making you to be. The, the darkness only lasts for a little while because light once it's turned on, automatically, automatically pushes away the darkness. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment.
ask Andrew to come up. Where's Andrew? Come up, Andrew. Can we get the mic? Where's Matthew? Oh, yeah, one more line. I asked uh, the high schoolers just to let you know as the church that every night that we have camp, uh, as I'm speaking, that God is going to speak to them and put a poem together. So last night, Deanna did an excellent job. Thank you, Matthew. Deanna did an excellent job with bringing a poetic, uh, like, just like a prophetic word with poetry. And it's just a 30, to 30 seconds to a minute poem. And so Andrew, uh, we felt God saying, okay, Andrew is going to be the other person. You know, some of you write poems. And then we have two more of you, or three, I think, for tomorrow night and then Friday night. But thank you so much, Andrew, for being so bold. Yeah, thank you. Can we hey. just welcome up Andrew? Yeah. Okay. Bear with me, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> A mixed multitude, men, women, and young children. They form a semicircle, appearing to swallow up a stage. Smiles of joy all around as Brad entertains the family of believers with his silly hip hop on the as they all hungrily wait to feast on the word of God. The hype warms up as the crowd unifies to create a human tide wave, zipping back and forth across the solemn sanctuary. A young group of kids sheep sheepishly walk to the front of the stage. Shyly, they dance to the gleeful beat of the music. To earn their loss during the lanyards. The crowd is covered in cheers to encourage the timid dancers to get moving. <laughs> the countdown begins as, as the worship team starts to stroll to the stage. Youthful energy bursts into the room as the young high schoolers storm the stage. Music, clapping, dancing, joy. Burning hearts stir within the souls of, of God's children to create a sweet incense of God, to create a sweet incense to God, God's nostrils. Abba receives the worship into his nostrils with a growing smile on his face. He excels his favor and delight upon his beloved children. The children in harmony bounce, lifting up their, their hyped spirits to God. Their hearts melt as I, as I see the tender faces of, of God's children declaring their identity over themselves. Unexplainably, overwhelmingly in love with their dad as their dad is in love with them. Music leads for another time as the saints greet each other with a, with a sacred hug as worship ends, quotation marks. <laughs> um, yeah. Intensively, the children listen to a seven-minute music, um, music a seven-minute video highlighting the importance of identity. Personally, the word identity has been following me all summer, sticking to me like Gorilla Glue. <laughs> Holy Spirit telling, telling me to neglect worrying about the poem I'm writing. He tells me that the poem 
whether it's good or bad, it's not going to change my identity in Christ. I learn, I learn that the light of Jesus exposes the shame of the dark. The dark is so ashamed of how unintimidating it is, so, so it conceals itself. I can't hide from the dark, because with Jesus, the dark is going to hide from me. Thump, thump, pass their balls upon the stage, confronted with a young bala. <laughs> the crowd laughs to see the, the blinded. The, the blinded, ugh. The blinded Ezra from... Pray for my handwriting, guys. <laughs> Win school. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, dear. Lose... Okay, here. Okay, the crowd laughing to see blinded Elijah. To see blindness preventing Ezra from from doing from balling at the best of his capability. More laughter to see a soccer player losing his his, his skills to the dark. The football player ruins Pastor's parable by catching the football. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Pastor be preaching about a start point, a choke point, and an exit point. Abba, what does that mean? Do I just get one of each, or do I get many throughout the seasons of my life? Regardless, I know that I reached the end point of my old life when I fell in love with Jesus. When I began to pursue him, my new life, that was, a, that was the start point of my new life. I know my end point is when I leave this tent, the tent of this world, and when all is accomplished and all I do is worship God forever in the eternal building of heaven. I've been through some choke points, Abba, I know. And I know there will be more, God. I know it will hurt. Be with me and it will be okay. My joy is filled knowing in each and every, every point you'll be with me. As my beloved friends watch the Sandlot, they fail to see the pianoist approach the keyboard, sneak, sneaking as a ninja. <laughs> Holy Spirit be coming down. I'm being exhorted to be a legend. God, let me, let's legendary create better legends than me. I want to be a legend that creates better legends with you. Abba, you're a legend, so I want to be a legend like you. Abba, just let me be with you. Thank you. Thank you.
catch everything. <laughs> if you bow your heads with me as we conclude, I'm going to invite the rest of the worship team to come up. Lord, we're so thankful that we get to learn from you and how we get to live and how we get to do something legendary and, and follow your lead. You, you did the greatest thing that we could ever possibly dream of. You were, you were the one who saw us not doing well in life. And you came to us and you showed us the way. You showed us how good you are and you showed us how to overcome. And I pray for all of us here tonight that we may be in a place of trying to find you. And maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, you know, we're talking about Jesus. I, I, I grew up knowing him, but I've never given my life to him. I don't know what that looks like. And maybe you've been hearing about Jesus and maybe, or maybe you strayed from him. But I want to give you an opportunity for those who have never given their lives to Jesus because it's a simple prayer. Jesus did all the hard work so that all we have to say is yes to him. And if you're here tonight and and, and you want to give your heart to Jesus, I'm going to say a prayer. And as you say these words, as you repeat after me, you just include your heart. In fact, we can all say this. Even if you said this a thousand times, 50 times, 20 times, it's once again a rededication of, of who God is calling you to be, sons and daughters. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross rising from the grave forgive me of my sins wash me clean make me brand new in fact make me into the person that you created me to be and I want to live in light in the kingdom of the son God loves and so I give my life to you in Jesus name I pray with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you just said that prayer for the very first time and you said yes to Jesus, I want you to boldly just lift a hand real briefly. And in doing so, you're saying, I just said yes to Jesus. Yeah, it's between you and the Lord. Okay, God sees you. Yeah, back there, right there, right here. Okay, just hold them up. Yeah, don't be afraid. You may, you may feel afraid to raise your hand. You're gonna, you may feel ashamed, but God says, don't be ashamed of me. Because if you're not ashamed of me, I won't be ashamed of you. Okay, God sees your hands too. Right there, right there. Okay, right here. Yeah. Yeah, you, you sense it in your spirit. You feel God calling you. There's a tug on your heart. That's God saying, come home to me. That in my Father's house, there's a place for me. Okay. Yeah, God sees your hands. You can put your hands down. How many of us as believers were saying, Lord, I am so thankful that you always show me the way out. Would you lift a hand? And in doing so, you're saying, I am so thankful for the Father. Yeah, he set us free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You can put your hands down. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name, and we all said together, amen, amen, amen. Let's congratulate all those who said yes to Jesus.